If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid crimes and criminals in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a couple of backwoods Oklahoma men who ran an illegal castration clinic and might also be cannibals. A spate of creepy clowns trying to lure children away from primary schools in Singapore. A Sydney judge who seems to think former private schoolboys shouldn't be convicted for assaulting people as long as they slut-shame them first. And more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Newlyweds 53-year-old Bob Lee Allen and 42-year-old Thomas Evans Gates were arrested on October 15th last year. They were arraigned on a stack of charges stemming from their home castration business and penchant for magic mushrooms. As you may have guessed by now, this case is truly bizarre and probably not for the faint of heart. I'll definitely keep the descriptions of home surgery and other cringy stuff to a minimum, but there has to be a little bit to accurately tell the story. This case involves a 28-year-old man who I shall be referring to as Ben, as he was not named in the press, and it's just really awkward to keep saying, the unnamed man. It messes with my flow. Our mate Ben wanted his genitals removed, so he was cruising websites on the topic of voluntary castration. According to the Oklahoman, he encountered Bob Lee Allen on a site called theem.com. In this case, the EM stands for the eunuch maker. Now don't go rushing to look it up as the site has been taken down. The two got to talking online and then via Skype, and Ben said that Alan claimed to have 15 years of experience in the home castration business. In an affidavit, he stated to police, Alan told him that the surgery wouldn't cost him anything, but he had to agree to let Alan film it because he videos the procedures for his personal use. What kind of personal use, I hear you ask? I don't know and I don't care to know. All surgical stuff freaks me out and this would probably be a bridge too far for people who actually like watching surgical videos. Or maybe it's sexy. I have no idea. After organising to have himself castrated, on October 12th last year, Ben flew from Virginia to Dallas. He was then driven to a secluded cabin in the southeast Oklahoma woods for the surgery. After having the needed areas injected with some kind of numbing agent, 
Ben was awake for the two-hour procedure. The operation was performed by Alan on a covered makeshift table at the cabin, assisted by Gates, who handed the surgical equipment to him. Ben told the police, after the surgery was over, Alan said that he was going to consume the parts and laughed and said that he was a cannibal. I'm not sure if this is just some backwoods home doctoring humour or if he was in fact proclaiming his proclivity to eat people's discarded sexual organs, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's both. Ben said Alan then talked about the time he worked on someone that he described to be crazy and that he left the mail opened up to die overnight. Okay, that's dark and nasty, but there's absolutely no evidence that it actually happened. We can't trust someone as nutty and out there as Alan to be telling us the truth. Thankfully. Alan also told him that he had six more clients on the way to have the same operation and that he had a freezer he kept the removed body parts in and he showed him pictures of it on his phone. Alan's home castration mantra was no morgue, no ER. He told Ben that if he passed out or died that he would simply dump him in the woods surrounding the cabin. Fortunately, this did not prove to be true. As Ben was still bleeding a lot the day after his surgery, Alan took him to the hospital after first instructing him to tell medical staff that he'd done it to himself. The authorities became involved in the case on October 14th after hospital staff reported the illegal operation to the sheriff's office. They told deputies that Ben had also said Alan and Gates had tried to get him to participate in cannibalism. The do-it-yourself doctors were arrested that day after going to the hospital to try to visit Ben. Aw, oh, well that's kind of nice of them. I wonder if they bought him chocolates and flowers, maybe a little shiny helium balloon with bye-bye balls written on it in fancy cursive script. Law enforcement were pretty mind-blown by the entire case. Their sheriff told reporters, I can't say it's cult activity. It is something that we've never in my career run across in this part of the country. It is borderline some type of activity. We know there's a lot of rumours out there, but at this time there's no danger to the public. KNWA reported that during an October 15th search of the cabin in the woods, deputies found multiple storage devices with recordings of this type of surgery numerous medications, bags of magic mushrooms, a medical bag with surgical equipment, syringes, adult diapers, and a resealable plastic bag inside a deep freezer containing what appeared to be human testicles. Guess they hadn't got around to eating those yet. Perhaps they were saving them for Testicle Taco Tuesday. Yum! In February this year, prosecutors dropped some felony counts against the men, including one for assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Both men still faced felony counts of conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a license, and maiming. Allen also faced a felony count of attempted distribution of a psychedelic mushroom. I wouldn't have thought home castration and magic mushrooms went together, but apparently I was wrong. 
If convicted at trial, they could have been sentenced to life in prison, but they both took plea deals. KFOR.com reported that Thomas Evans Gates pled guilty to the charges of possession of controlled dangerous substance, unlawful possession of drug paraphernalia, and failure to bury a dead human member, which is a charge I had no idea existed until now. He received three concurrent 334-day sentences, but with credit for time served, he was released from the county jail in mid-September this year. Bob Lee Allen pleaded no contest to felony counts of conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a license, and attempted distribution of psychedelic mushrooms. I'll post pictures of him on social media. He definitely looks like a tripper and possibly a cannibal. He was sentenced to two years in jail and 10 years in prison. According to the Oklahoman, Allen told the judge he believed the plea was in his best interest because a jury might convict him, which was probably a wise decision on his part. I'm not sure they take too kindly to his kind of folk, juries, or anyone, <laughs> anyone at all. Too much eating of testicles makes you quite unpopular. In mid-September this year, parents and teachers of primary school children in Singapore were terrified by what Coconuts.co described as an infestation of predatory clowns preying on its children. The men in scary clown drag allegedly lurked outside schools, accosted the kiddies after class and tried to make them go away with them. Vice News spoke to a woman named Lenny Wong, who rightfully freaked out when she went to pick up her daughter Anne from school and she couldn't find her. When she checked her phone, she saw several social media posts from other parents showing pictures of men dressed up as freaky clowns trying to pied piper children outside the school. Lenny told Vice News, I was held up due to traffic and my mind started racing when I didn't see Anne waiting for me. She also noted some parents on social media alleged that some of the clowns had paid the children to follow them. She continued by saying, Clowns are terrifying, even to adults. This is any parent's worst fear. What if they turned out to be psychopaths and murderers wanting to harm the children? Fortunately, it transpired that Anne had been safely sequestered inside the school by teachers protecting the students from the petrifying Pennywises. So what was the deal? And did any of you have scary clowns loitering outside Singapore primary schools on your 2021 trash fire bingo cards? It turned out this was a criminally stupid viral marketing stunt from a school called Speech Academy Asia. Why in the John Wayne Gacy hell anyone would ever think hiring men dressed up as clowns and instructing them to approach children outside primary schools was a good idea is beyond me. This has to go down in history as one of the dumbest marketing campaigns ever. The Taonan School sent a letter warning parents about the freaky clown plague and encouraging them to report any encounters to the authorities. 
It said, the police have been alerted that there are persons dressed as clowns seen loitering around primary schools and requesting children to follow them. Please remind your child not to be lured by any strangers and keep the school informed or call police immediately if your child spots any suspicious characters around the school premises. The police confirmed that they'd received multiple complaints about this Stephen King book come-to-life level fuckery. Speech Academy Asia admitted that the creepy clowns were part of a marketing roadshow, posting a statement online that read, We truly understand your concern for the safety of your children. Hence, we will be putting an immediate stop to our roadshows. We would like to clarify that although indeed the promoters are employees of Speech Academy Asia, our team do not offer any form of monetary rewards for children to follow them. Oh, God. Additionally, our promoters strictly do not take any children out of the vicinity. There was no evil intention behind the costumes, and we sincerely apologize for it. We will not do it again. The fact that it happened at all is probably a lifetime of nightmare fuel for the kids that experienced it. Damn! That's some crazy shit right there. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now it's time for Legend of the Week. After talking about dumb criminals all episode, I'd like to highlight a hero, two-legged or otherwise, who in this case called out injustice on a very public scale. In December last year, -year 20-year-old Nick Drummond went out drinking in the affluent suburbs of Sydney's Upper North Shore. Drummond is from a wealthy family and attended the prestigious Knox Grammar School for Boys, which the media reported costs around $34,000 per year. Its website states, Knox Grammar School seeks to be an exemplary school developing within a caring Christian environment students of faith, wisdom, integrity, compassion and courage with a sure knowledge of who they are and how they should live. If this case is anything to go by, it's not really doing a great job. The court was told Drummond walked past a young woman at the Greengate Hotel in Kalara, called her a slut, and told her to put her tits away. Later, the woman tried to take a picture of him with her mobile phone. Spoiled little rich men don't take kindly to such actions, so Drummond tried to snatch the phone out of the woman's hand. This led to a tug-of-war between the two before he grabbed the phone off her and stomped on it, destroying it. Concerned by his aggressive behaviour, staff at the pub tried to throw Drummond out. In response, he punched a male stranger hard in the back of the head. 
They call that a coward's punch. Just FYI. They used to call it a king hit, but then that sounded too cool. So they were like, let's rebrand punching strangers really hard in the head and we'll call it a coward's punch. And I think that was a good marketing decision. Outside the pub, the woman went up to Drummond to speak to him. Drummond responded with faith, wisdom, integrity, compassion and courage by punching her in the face and knocking her to the ground. Earlier this year, Drummond was convicted by the New South Wales District Court for the two assaults and destroying property and given a 14-month good behaviour bond. But junior soccer coach Drummond thought that this was unfair. Surely poor little rich men should be able to punch anyone they want whenever and wherever it suits them. Drummond was worried a criminal conviction could cost him his working with children's check. I mean, you'd hope someone who definitely assaulted people wouldn't be legally allowed to work with your kids, wouldn't you? Anyway, probably funded by mummy and daddy's big piggy banks, Drummond appealed his convictions and found a judge that agreed with him. In overturning the original convictions, Judge Robert Sutherland noted Drummond had had an unhappy year. Uh, did anyone have a particularly happy 2020? Yeah, I don't think so. In summarising his findings, Judge Sutherland stated, In due course, he made a lewd and completely inappropriate remark to a young lady who he did not know, but whose dress, by virtue of what is attributed to him, might have been perceived by a 20-year-old former student from Knox to be provocative. Explaining his reasoning for why Drummond shouldn't have a conviction recorded, Judge Sutherland said that he'd had a particularly unhappy and unfortunate 2020. He cited the breakup of Drummond's relationship with his girlfriend, an illness in the family, the death of a family dog, and him dropping out of a university course. I'm sure a lot of us had a worse year than that and didn't punch any strangers. Prosecutors opposed the appeal, but Judge Robert Sutherland was unmoved. He told Drummond, thank you lucky stars, and wished him good luck with his soccer coaching. He quashed the convictions, but reissued the 14-month good behaviour bond. The man who Drummond punched in the head was appropriately perturbed by this ruling. He told the Daily Mail, A judge decided it was more important to let him go than punish him. It's a huge injustice. What does it teach people? That you can commit a crime, be found guilty, but it can be wiped away. It's not justice. The female victim was devastated at the judge's ruling, particularly the attention given to her outfit. In an interview with the Daily Mail, she said, I'm extremely disappointed with the judge's comment as I feel that what I was wearing shouldn't have even been commented on. It made me feel as if his actions were almost justified. Judge Sutherland's ruling and comments were considered tone-deaf and outrageous by many members of the community. Women's health entrepreneur and owner of the brand Ovira, Alice Williams, sprang into action to protest his stance. 
In late September, she commissioned a billboard truck with the message, You will not silence our pain, and had it parked outside Knox Grammar School and the district court. Alice summed up what a lot of us were thinking when she told NCA Newswire, I don't think there's any outfit a woman could wear that would provoke a male to punch her in the face. It's 2021. Why is there even a mention of what the woman was wearing? Although that's entirely true and it should not be relevant, the female victim in this case did release pictures of what she was wearing at the time. It was a pair of jean shorts and a long sleeve black top that showed like a little bit of cleavage. There was really nothing provocative or out of the ordinary about it. I see a lot of girls every day wearing something similar. On October 5th, four more billboards on trucks did laps of Sydney's Downing Centre Court displaying quotes from Judge Sutherland relating to the case. They read, Thank you, lucky stars. Good luck with the coaching. He's had an unhappy year and... Her dress may have been perceived as provocative. These were also the work of bloody legend Alice Williams, who explained on the Ovira website, The reasoning Judge Sutherland gave for erasing the convictions in this case sends an extremely damaging message to women experiencing violence. Just 1.5% of sexual assaults result in a conviction – We cannot afford to have further barriers for women reporting violence. We know there is hope for a safer future for women, but we're done waiting around for it to happen. We are demanding urgent reforms to address the inequalities that perpetuate violence against women, and particularly in the judicial systems so survivors receive justice. We are also asking our politicians to allocate funding towards the services that provide frontline support. We want to use this moment to highlight and champion their work and send a message to survivors that you are not alone and support is always available. While we wait and wait for the government to provide these services with the funding they deserve, we're taking matters into our own hands and have organised a crowdfunding campaign called Thank Your Lucky Stars for the public to donate to. Drummond's female victim said that she found people's response had been overwhelming. She told the AAP, All the writers and campaigners who have shown an overwhelming amount of support, it made me feel that some sort of justice has been served as it was evident I wasn't alone. Everyone is just shocked and disappointed by the court's decision. When I was researching this case, I found that there's also a change.org petition to have Judge Robert Sutherland removed from his position. It currently has almost 25,000 signatures. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. Two women who absconded from jail in Alberta, Canada, seem to have developed a taste for eluding captors. Less than 24 hours after going on the lam, the wanted pair rocked up at an escape room to see if they could relive the magic of the jailbreak all over again. 
Co-owner of SideQuest's Adventures in Edmonton, Rebecca Lior, told the media that the two women entered the premises at around 8.30pm and asked her about the facilities. A witness who had seen reports about the prison escapees saw them doing so and called the police. Rebecca told Global News, It's funny and ironic that escaped convicts run into an escape room and get caught. <laughs> On December 21, 2015, a thief in Christchurch, New Zealand, ended up paying more than he stole when he tried to rip off a Nando's chicken restaurant. First, he placed a food order, which cost him $14.50. While he waited for his meal, the not-so-crafty criminal stole the tip jar containing around $10 off the counter and scampered into the bathroom with it. He spent a couple of minutes in there before leaving the empty tip jar on the floor and coming back out into the restaurant. When the owner confronted him about it, the man gave the shaggy defence, saying, It wasn't me. While the owner quickly reviewed the CCTV footage of the crime, the thief ran off, leaving behind the $14.50 worth of food he'd already paid for. On June 29, 2019 in Wisconsin, the La Crosse Tribune reported that police received a complaint in the wee hours of the morning about a man running around naked and yelling incoherently. Police found the 29-year-old in a parking lot on the city's north side. Asked why he was running around naked and yelling, the man said, Oh, that's what all those drugs are for. When the cops asked him what he'd taken, he responded by saying, Tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of acid. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you'd like to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. I'd like to give a big thank you to Michael B. from Tennessee and Kimmy from the USA for doing just that. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you can join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. If you'd like to support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, monthly bonus episodes and a variety of merchandise, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. I'd like to give a big thank you to Paul Lusignani and Elizabeth D. Ray for coming on board as patrons this week. I released a patron-only episode last week. It's about a naked man who's stalked around Kent State University at night with loser written on his forehead. A couple of nasty Aussie teenagers who attacked supermarket staff while calling them fucking chicken nuggets. A mother and son duo who wreaked havoc at Walmart and even got their dog involved. And much more. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my friends and true crime obsessed sisters Courtney and Sadie's podcast, They Will Kill. Till next week, look after yourself. Stay out of trouble and whatever you do, don't end up on this podcast.
Hello, the world. We are They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are sisters that want to... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tell you about lesser-known murders. Our cases are always compelling, maybe even a little scary, with just enough banter to keep it interesting. You can find us at theywillkill.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. See you there. See ya. 